So former Miami Dolphins head coach Brian Flores has decided to come forward uh, in regards to the wrongdoing that he's endured during his tenure as the Dolphins head coach, uh, making allegations that the NFL is racist and that he was basically uh, paid to be a lame duck head coach for the next guy to come in and take his spot. Now, I think he has every right to do so. I'm still a little bit sketchy on the timing, though. I don't really understand why he's coming out now and wants to uh, come forth with all of this when this information had been known basically all season. So right now I'm watching uh, a segment on the get up. And actually, I, I haven't seen this episode. I saw maybe bits and pieces of it. And I thought I really wanted to break it down and give my perspective. So right now it's uh, Mike Greenberg, Brian Flores, and I believe these are his two attorneys right here that are suing the NFL. We are delighted now to be joined by Brian Flores, who is the head coach of the Miami Dolphins for the last several years. And real quick, um, it says here that former Dolphins head coach Brian Flores is suing the NFL and three other teams, the Giants, Bryants, not Giants, Bryants, I'm tripping, <laughs> the Dolphins, Giants, and Broncos, named in a lawsuit alleging discrimination. According to the NFL, at least in their statement, they say we will defend against these claims which are without merit. Means they're going to try to do some cleanup. We'll see was released last month and has filed as of yesterday a lawsuit against the National Football League about its hiring practices. Also here are his attorneys, Doug Wigdor and John Alefterakis. Thank you all for thank coming. Yeah, um, and Brian, let's just jump in. We have 20 minutes here, so we will be able to cover a lot of ground and we are delighted. Um, you filed this lawsuit, which yeah. you are aware is obviously going to have enormous repercussions. What? Uh, well, enormous repercussions as long as the NFL doesn't get in front of this. Uh, just recently, they hired Lovey Smith, and they also hired Mike McDaniel, who identifies as multicultural. So I think the NFL understood the backlash that was going to come with this, and that they also knew that to stop an uprising, you have to uh, cut the snake off at its head, that being these alleged charges that, or these allegations that Brian Flores is bringing forth. So they decided, well, you know, we're going to hire a black head coach for the Houston Texans and Lovey Smith. And we're also going to hire a multicultural coach in Mike McDaniel for the Miami Dolphins. Now, the ball is going to be in their court to go forward with this. So uh, we'll see what we'll see what Brian Flores decides to do next. But this and by the way, the reason why I'm so late on this is because I wanted to see what the domino effect would be uh, of this. And it looks as though although this was a hot topic on February the 2nd, on February the 7th, they've since made adjustments and um they're 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 basically making an effort to make it seem as though they're not discriminating against specific coaching hires based off of race. What was the tipping point for you through your experiences that made you feel this was something you needed to do? Well, I mean, just you know, I've been on you know several interviews over the years, um, and look, I mean, this is we didn't have to file a lawsuit for for the world to know that there's a, an issue from a hiring and firing. Um, so why did you, the National Football League. Why, that, that's um, correct. A lot of people have yeah. pointed this out. So why did you feel you needed to do this? Because we need change. That was that was that was the number one reason. Uh -huh. So I got to play devil's advocate here, if you if you don't mind, my wonderful listeners. So we need change, yes. But the question still beg. Oh, I still ask this question. Um, if you did, you, did you need this change? While you were coaching the Dolphins, or was this after the fact that you were fired by the Dolphins? 
And then, so, okay, and, and real quick, and I think he's probably going to go into it, so maybe I won't say much about it. I guess my whole thing is we need change after you've been done wrong, but you've been done wrong all season. So why is it that now all of a sudden you think that things need to change? Well, because you were disenfranchised. You were let go. And you knew that you probably weren't going to get another head coaching gig. Now, um, Brian Flores is a hell of a coach. He comes from the Bill Belichick uh, coaching tree. So, you know, a lot of coaches that are connected to Bill Belichick, for the most part, they've been, I mean, fairly successful for the most part. Uh, well, let me take that back. Uh, because that, what was that? What's that garden gnome? The fat garden gnome guy? What's it? Matt Patricia? He didn't really last long. Uh, it looks as though the Raiders are probably going to end up hiring um, Josh McDaniel for their head coaching gig if they haven't already. Um, but Flores is a good coach. I mean, I'm just, you know, politics and, and, and personal beliefs aside, uh, we're talking about a guy who took over a, a team that was led by Adam Gase, uh, who's one of the most overrated head coaches or head coaching hires that I've ever witnessed for the Miami Dolphins. And I'm glad the Eagles didn't pick him up. But the first year they won like, what, five games? The second year in, under his tutelage, they won 10 games, and then last season, or this season, they won nine. So he's more than capable of being a head coach. And he did this with Tua at quarterback. Tua Tungvaluwa sucks, man. <laughs> he sucks. So I got to give Brian Flores some credit. But again, the timing to me is just so weird. Because this has been an issue long before Brian Flores was even the head coach. This was an issue long before he got fired. So why now? We need change now. If Brian Flores was the head coach, still to this day, would this still be a problem? Would we need change? Would he come out? My guess is no. Um, and I know there's there's a sacrifice, there's risk to that, but um, at the end of the day, um, we need change. We need change. Um, I, I know many very capable um, black coaches, um, some of my staff who I know um, – if given an opportunity or when given an opportunity, they're going to go and do a great job on their interview. Um, and I would just hate for that uh, to be a, to be a waste. Uh, and I think, you know, we need to change the hearts and minds of, of the people making those decisions. Well, the people whose hearts and minds that you want to change, these are white billionaires. Okay. These are white billionaires. So you got to imagine. And these are people who come from generations upon generations of money, Mr. Flores. Okay? They come from generations of money. So imagine what they think of black people. Imagine that. You're not going to change their hearts and their minds about what they think because they've always been in power, contrary to popular belief. At least in this lifetime, they've been in power. But, I mean, that's, you know... We'll save that for another segment, but you're not going to change their hearts and minds. And this is one of the problems that I have with this. I don't I can't even describe what it is, but this new idea of activism, you know, you have radical activism, all of which that you want to be accepted and validated. Not all, but some people you can tell they want validation from 
these powerful Caucasian people and they're not going to get it. So they throw tantrums. Right. In this case, Brian Flores in, in, in this dates back to like the civil, not the civil war, the civil rights movement, even the civil war too, or reconstruction to always prove that we're more than worthy enough that we have to show that. And in order to do that, to show that we're worthy and that, hey, we can do this, too. We have to capitulate <laughs> and try to play fiddles in hopes that the powerful billionaire white man in the NFL is going to uh, see that, hey, I'm more than capable. I'm going to prove it to you. No, we have to prove it to ourselves first. So that's the first th- that, that's the first step where Brian Flores went wrong, in my opinion, is that you're not going to change these guys' minds. All these guys are like 60 plus years old. You know what I'm saying? Who, whose families have had money for a while. And they've never put black people in a, in, a, in a franchise position to be in the front office or to be head coaches. You know what I mean? Maybe with the exception of the of the Rooney family who owned the Steelers. But other than that, no, they're like that's not going to happen. So what's the so when you if I was if I was on if I was on this panel right now, I would ask Brian Flores. OK, so what are the steps? Of, what, are, what are the steps to doing that? What are the steps for change? And I guarantee you, he wouldn't have an answer. That's why we're. That's why you know we filed the lawsuit. Who are those people? Who specifically do you think needs the change? Uh, the owners uh, of the NFL. All of whom. All of whom are obviously white. I mean, sometimes. I mean, I'm a lawyer, obviously, but I mean, sometimes you need litigation to create change. I mean, the Rooney Rule didn't work. Uh, uh, no, the Rooney Rule has never worked. It's never worked. Basically, for those who don't know, the Rooney Rule is. It's not. Uh, how do I put this? I liken the Rooney rule to dating. So basically, the Rooney rule is a rule that was set in place. I can't remember when it was started, but basically it's a way to set up African-American aspiring head coaches with interviews. But with no guarantees that you're going to get the head coaching gig, that's basically what it is. And I mean, when, when you break it down as simple as possible, so. What happened to Brian Flores, and I'm sure they'll talk about this in this segment, is that he thought he was going to get the head coaching or he was interviewing for the head coaching coaching job for the New York Giants. Bill Belichick sent him a text message and said, congratulations. Uh, I heard you got the job. Brian Flores is like, wait, what are you talking about? I'm going there right now for an interview. What do you mean I got the job? Bill Belichick goes, oops, my bad. Wrong, Brian. This was actually meant to be sent to Brian Dable. So Brian Dable was the, uh, I believe he was the, was the, was he the offensive coordinator or the QB coach for the Buffalo Bills? I don't remember. But then it's almost like, okay, so if he already got the job, why is it that I'm going out there to meet with these people? That's that's what Brian Flores was asking himself, and he has a right to ask that question. So with the Rooney Rule, it's almost like you're going out on a date with someone. And you take them out or you're hanging out with this girl knowing that you're not going to pick her to be your girlfriend. And the girl finds out that you already have a girl in mind and you because you send the wrong text message and say, hey, last night was great. And she's like, wait, or like, hey, this weekend we're going to hang out. And she's like, wait, well, what do you mean? We just hung out yesterday or like, you know, hey, like Mexico was awesome. We never went to Mexico. Oh, wait, sorry. Wrong, Jessica. (laughs) That's basically what just happened with uh, Flores in this case right here. And now he's mad and he's upset and he's going to try to attempt to change the minds of white billionaires. Good luck with that. Um, we now have less black head coaches than when the Rooney Rule started. And, you know, Brian thought long and hard about it. 
and litigation is not for everyone, but he stepped forward. Um, he's been referred to as the Rosa Parks of the NFL. Which is complete bullshit. That is bullshit. He is not the Rosa Parks of the NFL. And see, this is the, also the other problem that I've noticed um, with this Brian Flores. Doesn't this remind you? Now, now, keep in mind, you know, I really hate to bring this guy's name up, but, you know, I kind of have to. Um, this is a recipe for Colin Kaepernick's mess that he started in 2017, which, remember, when Colin Kaepernick was the starting quarterback for the San Francisco 49ers and he got his contract, okay, he got his contract. Racism, police brutality was always that was always a thing. Long before he became the quarterback of the Niners, this was also going on while he was the quarterback for the 49ers. Then he loses his starting job to Blaine Gabbert. Okay? He loses his job to Blaine Gabbert. Now all of a sudden he arises as the next messiah for black people. This is the same thing with Brian Flores here. Where Brian Flores Racism in the NFL was there long before he got there. It was there while he was there. He also knew that the, that the team didn't really want him. They asked him to tank and then pay him $100,000 per game that he lost. Then he gets fired. Now, all of a sudden, he wants to play. He doesn't want to play ball anymore, and he's against the opposition that is the NFL. That's a lot like what, Cal, what Colin Kaepernick did. Now, I'm not saying that Kaepernick is wrong for filing a law, for, for speaking out. Let's not get it twisted. I'm not saying that Brian Flores is wrong for speaking out on what happened to him. Let's not get it twisted. But two things can be true. Number one, you didn't speak out while all of this was going on. And number two, now that you're disenfranchised, now you want to come out and now you're being referred to as the Rosa Parks of the NFL. What in the what does that even mean? What does that mean? And <laughs> then you got people that are likening Colin Kaepernick to Muhammad Ali and his sacrifice. First of all, neither one of these cats are sacrificing anything. Well, maybe more so Brian Flores. But Kaepernick didn't really sacrifice anything because he got a fat Nike check, okay? Ali lost his titles. He went to prison. Like, if you want to talk about sacrifice, that's real sacrifice. I keep getting these emails. I'm sorry, guys. This is ridiculous. And it's a testament to his character. And the litigation will create change, either because we're going to litigate the case to the end or the NFL is going to now do the right thing faced with litigation. Well, uh, the right thing that the NFL did do, like I said, uh, Brian Flores cut off his nose despite his face. So what they've done lately, like I said, they've hired Lovey Smith. They've hired Mike McDaniel to prove that they're not racist. So now Flores is going to prop, most likely be without a job. Uh, because the New Orleans Saints just hired Dennis Allen to be their next head coach. And um, if I'm looking around the league right now, I'm trying to remember what other vacancies are open. I think the Raiders job may, well, no, because they, they have Josh McDaniels. There may be a couple other positions. I'm not sure. I think the Broncos hired uh, Nathaniel Hackett. I'm trying to like pinpoint everything throughout the league. So there's still very little um, vacant spots left. And I guarantee you Flores might not get that position. They're probably going to hire another blackhead coach because he didn't want to play ball. Simple as that.
Okay, well, let's go through some of the specifics here. We detailed earlier a text exchange you had with Bill Belichick, for yeah. whom you worked in New England yeah. at some point, in which it appears he was congratulating the wrong Brian, Brian Dayball, rather than Brian Flores, um, for getting the job in Buffalo. We, we've all read that, or excuse me, of leaving Buffalo and getting the job with the Giants. We've all read it. When you first realized mm -hmm. the mistake he had made, what was your first reaction? Uh, disbelief, humiliation. He was thinking WTF. That's what he was thinking. He was thinking, WTF, what the hell's going on? Why am I going to go meet with this? Why am I going to go meet with the Giants if I know that I'm not their guy? That's what he was thinking. Uh, that was a tough pill to swallow. Um, and and that, you know, I have a great amount of respect for, uh, you know, Bill and Brian Dayball. Uh, Brian's a great, great coach. I think he's going to do a, a, a great job as a head coach in this league. Um, I was, I was upset that I wasn't getting a true opportunity um, to show what I can do, to show what I can bring to a team. Um, well, Brian Flores, welcome to the normal day life of black men trying to get a job in corporate America or trying to get a job in IT or trying to get a job just anywhere. You know, a lot of times whenever you're going to some of these job interviews, they can look at you and they, some of them already have a candidate in mind. They're like, this is the perfect candidate for us, uh, for our corporation. We think he could be a great asset. But, you know, we're going to interview a couple other people, you know, just to say that we did. And a lot of times they're going to you go you go to these interviews and they don't even they really don't even want to hire you. You know, we'll, we'll keep in touch. That's basically what they tried to do with Brian Flores here. But he caught wind of it before it even happened. So this is the life of an everyday African-American male, you know. That's aspiring to be and to work for these large corporations. It's just that now it's hit Brian Flores and now he realizes, oh, snap, they tried to play me. Which I feel is a lot. Uh, I think that's, that's, that's what I've shown in, in my uh, and that's, time that, as a coach. Yeah, yeah. That's, that's what this is all about as well. There's just not equal opportunity. You know, this is not a knock on Coach Dable. This is a knock on the fact that the job was promised before Coach Flores even got an opportunity. And there's backroom dealings and information that Coach Belichick knows. Why? Why is that being discussed? Why do people have this information? Because Bill Belichick is a big name in the NFL. I mean, he's not, he's not just the Patriots head coach. You know, he, he, he pulls, I'm pretty sure he can pull some strings if he wanted to as well when it comes to player personnel, when it comes to coaching, you know, coach hirings, you know, uh, as being a reference for some of these guys and speaking out um, on their behalf, he plays a big factor in that. The NFL is basically, a, it's the good old boys club when it comes to a lot of these white billionaires and head coaches. Um, it's just that Mike Tomlin is fortunate enough to stick with the Steelers and not have, that's why, I mean, they can't get rid of him because he's had a winning season every year. They, he's never fallen below 500. So... I mean, that's that's without being said, it's it's basically like the country, the good old boys country club in the NFL. Why is a decorated coach like Coach Flores, you know, humiliated into having to sit through an interview and dinner when the decision's already been made? It's decorated in what? I mean, he led them to a 10 win season, which granted a 10 win season with that personnel the second year. Then the next season, he gets more pieces. They lose one more game. And but I mean, they're still a viable team. They didn't even go to the playoffs um, to be, I mean, to be quote unquote decorated. 
especially being a black head coach. You, 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 damn, you bet. Listen, you better damn near win the division. If that, that, if that's the case, I, I guarantee you, if Flores would have won the division this year or made the playoffs, which the Dolphins haven't been in the playoffs in almost like ten years, he would have probably had a better shot of staying. But I think that, I think that the Dolphins knew that they wanted to go in a different direction, which is why they try to come off and pay him. But to be decorated? No, he's not a decorated head coach. He's a good head coach, but he's not decorated. It's worth pointing out that the Giants said in their statement that Brian Flores was a candidate for this job up to the 11th hour. Yeah, what no, is the response no, no, to that? Not, notice they don't say up to the time that he actually interviewed. So they don't even deny the allegation that we put forth, which is that the job had already been given um, to, to Brian Dable. And so, Coach, I'm sure there are many watching who will wonder, why did you go on the interview at all? If you felt it was a sham, as you, as you suggested in the lawsuit, why did you go? Uh, because I believe that, you know, innately people are good and going to do the right thing. And that's another problem that we have as a culture. Um, although Brian Flores is of the Afro-Latinos, uh, he still seems as though he still shares the civil rights mantra uh, to believe in all good people. Um you should have went with your gut feeling, Brian. If you understood and you knew, you know, he basically just made an ass of himself on this interview or on, on this panel. If you knew, that's it. And again, it goes back to this. I like to make analogies. That goes back to if you're taking a girl out on a date and you know that she's got a whole other boyfriend. And like you see, you see all the Instagram pictures and you see she's talking to a dude and she's laying in bed with this dude. And you still decide to go out on the date knowing that you're going to pay for the date and take this girl out. You have yourself to blame for that. You shouldn't have went on the interview at all. So to say that, oh, well, I wanted to see the I wanted to believe that everyone was good. And no, man, no, no, you got to be smarter than that. No, if I understood, if I knew, if I if I knew this, if I was able, if I was applying for a job, uh, let's say, for instance, if it's like Cerner or something like that. Right. If I'm applying for a job at Cerner and I know that, like, I'm, I'm a candidate for the job. But then I go on LinkedIn and Cerner congratulates Bradley Jones. Okay, they congratulate him and say he's he's filled our last candidacy position. And then I get a call from a recruiter from Cerner saying, hey, Christian, we want to have you come in for an interview. I'm not going to go on the interview because I already know that this guy Bradley Johnson got the job. And it's not about believing that people are innately good. It's just the fact that I'm not going to waste my time. I'm not going to allow you to waste my time and I'm not going to waste your time. With small talk, because I know that you already have somebody in mind that you want, just like I'm not going to take a girl out on a date that I know already has a man that is in her sights already. And it's, it's, and it's openly saying like, hey, you know, I still want to hang out. No, no, hell no. Um, and there's no way to allow them the opportunity to do the right thing or do uh, um or at least make it a fair situation. And let they were never going to make it a fair situation for you, Brian. They were never going to make it fair for you. Okay? <laughs> Dude, you're like 41 years old, bro. I figured that you would already figure this out already. But they're not, they were never going to do right by you. When you caught wind of that, you should have just deaded that and said, you know what? Never mind. You went on that interview on a hope and a prayer that somehow, you know, you being a blackhead coach and you having some sort of connections and, you know, you trying your hardest and being the little engine that could. You were hoping that they were going to change their minds and go, you know what? We wanted Brian Dable. But instead, we're going to we're going to take you because you're the hardworking black coach. We're going to take you because that's the right thing to do in our hearts. And we understand that the right thing to do is to hire you. That's not what they were going to do. 
us. Um, I went there and showed them that I am qualified. I am uh, a leader of men, that I, I am. Well, then you have to believe that yourself, man. You don't have to prove that to them. Your work should speak for itself. Again, we have to continue to prove, improve, improve. We it's so it's wild to me that black men, we always have to prove everything. We have to prove that we're good fathers. We have to prove that we're good workers. We have to prove that we're reliable. We have to prove that we're good uh that we're not uh cheaters and that we're, you know, viable partners for our for our women. We have to prove that we're not a threat to society. We have to prove that we're not trying to scare people. We have to prove that we have to disarm ourselves constantly. We have to prove that we don't have a weapon in the car. We have to prove that, you know, that this car is ours, which granted every time when police stop people, they always ask for license and registration. But we have to always continue to prove and and, and, and try to cower down and say, look, no, 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 no. It's no, no. It's listen, like. I, I, I'm one of the good ones. I'm one of the good ones. I'm, I'm viable. I'm a good can't. No, man. No. You're not going to continue to keep playing us like that, man. You know, and, I, and I'm, I'm not taking, I'm, I'm not woke. I'm not, I'm not trying to say that I'm woke. I'm not trying to say that I'm, you know, pro-black or nothing like that. I am pro-black, but I'm also pro-truth. And the truth of the matter is, is that we always have to continue to disarm ourselves and emasculate ourselves as black men constantly. We can't just be natural. In history, white men have always been conquering Vikings and savages and stuff like that. And they're proud of it. <laughs> they wear that on their sleeve. They're, they're proud of that. They show their aggression. But the minute we start to you know, snarl or show our teeth, all of a sudden, we get smacked in the nose with the newspaper like we're dogs. This is ridiculous, man. This is ridiculous. So to show that and prove that he's a viable candidate, your work should have, it should have spoke for itself. Um, passionate about coaching and building relationships and um i'm gifted to coach i mean that's i, I am i know that and I yeah he, he is very gifted i think he's a great coach but again i mean i'm i'm sick of the i'm sick of the disarming man why do we have to be apologetic for how we coach or how we speak to people why do we have to be apologetic um, i wanted to show them that um I think they saw that in the interview. And Mike, you know, one of the things that often happens when you're dealing with racial issues is people find a soft hiding place, a soft place to say, oh, you know what? Coach Flores didn't get the job because he did an interview. Maybe he took himself out of contention. Mm -hmm. And, you know, Brian, Coach Flores, having to put his best foot forward and go, you know, hat in hand and just you know, interview knowing deep down that this job was promised elsewhere, aside from being humiliated, that's something that black candidates often are forced to do so that an image isn't portrayed or, or a stigma that hey, you just didn't, you didn't go, you didn't follow through. Well, you have the Rooney rule to thank for that. If there wasn't a Rooney rule in place, none of this would be happening right now. Because now they feel the NFL feels as though, you know what, damn it, we got to interview some of these blackhead coaches. We got we got some blackhead coaches. We know we don't want to hire them, but you know the Rooney Rule. We could just say, hey, they weren't a good candidate. But this has been going on for years, for many years. And like they said earlier in the segment, the Rooney Rule, since it's been implemented, they've hired less blackhead coaches. Why is that? Because these owners don't want to feel compelled to hire someone that doesn't look like them. And in, in contrary to popular belief, they have every right to do so, just like if we had our own football league. And again, I'm not, I'm not about racial division or anything like that. I'm just playing, I'm playing the side of this, or what I'm trying to say is, is that if we had 
an all a majority black coalition sports league. Okay, if we had that, and we want to see other owners that look like us in the front offices as head coaches. Wouldn't we want to see our own flourish? I mean, that's basically what's happening here. I, I don't necessarily think this is about racism. I really don't. Um, I think this is more so racialism. I could see that. But also, I think it's a way to show that they're looking out for their own. Just like we should be looking out for our own. If we created our own sports league. You know what I mean? That's what I would want to see. But, you know, wishful thinking. You didn't do your part. Understood. And I would say, I would say, I think the, those text messages confirmed a lot of what um, a lot of us, you know, black minority coaches already feel. That a lot of we're going into these. Well, if you guys feel that way, Brian, what is the next step? What is the next step? If you have a lot of, if you have in a league that has eighty percent black people, okay, eighty percent African Americans. That make up the coaching staff, that or that yeah, that would make up the coaching staff and the players. What's the next step? If you felt this way for a while, this should have been change made, right? You guys should have gotten together and, and, and maybe perhaps maybe conspired some sort of a plan to, to, to make change here. Because what this is doing, this is just a small ripple. When you need a tidal wave to take down the NFL. Um and they're shams. They confirm that a lot of uh, there's a belief in, in, you know, look, that was just a mistake by Bill Check. We've all sent the wrong text message to somebody. Mm -hmm. um, but in this instance, it came to me and, and it was almost, you know, it was confirmation that that, that those back 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 uh, back room dealings are happening. Let's be very clear on why something like that might be a sham and why they would need to do it. There is the Rooney rule in the NFL, which is something that I'm sure fans hear about quite often and may not know specifically, but I heard you describe it this morning in a previous interview as checking a box. So the existence of the Rooney rule in which every team must interview at least two external minority candidates for an opening head coach. Uh, so real quick, this is what it says here for the Rooney rule. At least, it's, oh, it was established in 2003. So the goal is to increase the number of minority hired in head coach, general manager, and executive positions. The execution. Teams must interview at least two diverse candidates from a career development adv advisory panel list. They must, con they must conduct an in-person interview with at least one external minority candidate for any GM or head coaching interview. That's what the Rooney Rule is. Or an open head coaching position, Doug. How does that rule impact a lawsuit? Like well, I think the intentions of the Rooney Rule were right. It was try, trying to get more of these owners to interview qualified black candidates. But when the team is interviewing a qualified black candidate and they've already made a decision, it, it shows prima facie evidence of intentional discrimination. It means that they've chosen a white candidate before they've even given the black candidate the opportunity. And it's not well, so here's the thing, though. Uh, I'm, I'm wondering a couple things. If the Giants already knew that they wanted Brian Dable to be their head coach, on the, if I'm looking at it from like like this, if they knew that, why would they ask Brian Flores to still come in? You know, I think that's kind of sort of where they mess, where they messed up as well. Um, you could have ten candidates, and if you let's say, for instance, if Brian Flores is the eighth candidate, and you go through six, and you know at six you wanted Brian Dable. They should have already made it known, like, hey, this is the guy that we want. I wonder, would this also still be an issue if Brian Dave or if Brian Flores was like, oh, okay, I was listed as a candidate. But what the Giants messed up is that they were asking him to still come out, even though they knew he wasn't going to be their guy. So, in a sense, yes, Brian Flores did expose 
the Rooney rule. He exposed the fact that it's bullshit. He exposed the fact that he knew that they didn't want them after the fact. But on the flip side, you messed up by still going on the interview, hoping, quote unquote, that they were going to change their hearts and minds. Not only for head coaching positions, what we really need to see are more black coaches doing offensive coordinator positions, defensive coordinator positions, special teams, quarterback. So that way it flows into the um, head coach positions. And we need... Obviously, we need more black owners. And and when you You know what I just thought about? So if the NFL is if this is what they want, right? If they want uh more black everything, black everything. What I think is going to happen is they're going to hire more minorities. They're going to hire African Americans. They're going to probably hire like an Indian offensive coordinator. They're probably going to hire a Mexican uh, defensive coordinator. They're probably going to hire, you know, what I'm saying uh, uh a Puerto Rican GM. But they're gonna they're gonna leave black men out. They're gonna find a way to leave black men out. We're gonna get the short end of the stick, I promise you. And even though I think that Brian Flores' intentions were pure, I think that this is that that's gonna set himself. And even though he's also uh, like I said, he's Afro Latino, I believe. So, but he looks black. So to to the average Caucasian person, he's black. He's he's just black. This is why. And this is also why I said that the the black the color black cannot be a race. Because clearly, me and Brian Flores, we could we could probably be cousins, you know. We kind of I'm not saying I favor him, but I'm not of any Latino descent. He is. This is why I say that black can't be a cult or black can't be a race. White can't be a race. You know what I'm saying? All across the board, everything's black, no matter what. So, yeah, the, the, this is going to be very interesting to see how they move forward with it. So far, they've made they made some changes, but I think that Brian Flores is going to be left out. You talk about the Rooney Rule. It's it's ultimately tied to an assumption that the owners and the upper management are people who are going to do the right thing and, and, and hire based on merit and not based on someone who they're comfortable with, someone who looks like them. But that's the whole, I mean, that's the thing. These are, <laughs> you're trying to tell white billionaires how, like who to hire. You're telling them like when you're in that position of power, you you really can't dictate and tell them unless, of course, the NFL enforces this rule, which I don't I'm not sure if they're going to go further with it. But you're telling them who to hire and, and, and who to who to not hire. Of course, they, they naturally want to hire their own. There's that there's that spirit of kinship that they have um, because they understand that whenever things are put in place, they understand that they want a yes man or somebody like them who thinks like them. And uh, wants to conduct a football team or coach a football team as they would as as they would own a team. So I find it hard to try to tell these owners to open up their hearts and their minds when they're already stuck in their ways for the past 70 years. And, you know, that's what this is about. We've listed in our complaint a list of demands that we want to see tying, you know, hiring practices to performance, you know, hire a black coach, hire black executives, um, give fair, open up the the process and provide objective evidence of what went into your decision making process. So these decisions aren't done with the uh, all white owners in backroom dealings uh, with people who make them feel comfortable because they look like themselves. Well, uh, good luck with that. Good luck with that. That's going to be. <laughs> That's going to be really something and, and, and make no mistake about it I hope that Brian Flores does end up getting a job I hope he ends up getting a job somewhere in the NFL As a head coach uh, But right now it's not looking too bleak for this guy um, It's not looking too good So, um, you know 
you're hoping that you want to implement these new these new demands. And uh, quite frankly, you're dealing with these owners who don't give a shit about your demands because you're just one blackhead coach and that most likely they'll probably give Brian Flores a severance package to go away. And um, yeah, well, we'll be we'll be on once the once the draft comes along. We'll be talking about the draft and not so much Brian Brian Flores. The NFL is going to pay, find a way to make this go away. But like I said, I hope Brian Flores does find a head coaching gig somewhere. Uh, I think the brother was brave, and I think that his intentions were pure. Uh, but they're falling upon deaf ears based off of his actions and or inaction while the season was going on. Again, why did you not address this while you were the head coach of the Dolphins? If you knew that they wanted you to if you knew that they wanted you to lose games and they wanted to pay you $100,000 per game that you lost, why come out now? Just like Colin Kaepernick, okay? You knew that racial injustice was going on in America for years. You lose your starting job, now all of a sudden you want to take a knee. Doesn't make any sense to me. But with that being said, that's I'm just gonna wrap this up, man. Um, this is a long, pretty long interview, so I'm out. Peace.